so good that God helps us, isn't it? Isn't it great that he helps us, that he's willing, happy, able to help us? We started last week looking at some of the ways in which he helps us through giving us gifts by his Holy Spirit. And I spoke about speaking in tongues, which is when he helps us to pray to him and to praise him. He, he guides the forms of words that we use so that we, we praise him in a language that we don't necessarily understand ourselves, but he does. We also saw that he gives interpretations for when, those, uh, when people feel to share a tongue like that in public. Uh, so someone else is then given the gift by the Holy Spirit to understand what's being said. And they share it with everyone else so we can all understand and join in with praying and praising. Because God loves to help us. So last week we were talking about us speaking to God and how he helps us do that. This week we're talking about God speaking to us. And there are many ways that we can describe this, but the best and the most frequent in in the Bible is to call this prophecy. Because God is real and because God is personal, he speaks. As um, Jocelyn said, I was so encouraged this morning when I opened our Bible reading plan and Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty and the conclusion to the effects of the voice of the Lord described in Psalm 29 is that in his temple all cry glory. God speaks through this glorious, wonderful, powerful voice. He has spoken to us ultimately through Jesus who is the word of God putting on flesh and coming to be with us. He speaks to us definitively through the Bible, and he speaks to us specifically through prophecy. And what I want to do this morning is to show you some of what the New Testament teaches about prophecy, and then we're going to hear from Hannah about her experiences of this gift, and then we are going to obey Scripture and obey God by earnestly asking for that gift for ourselves. Because I'm just not prepared for you to hear what I've got to share this morning and think, that is so good for them. That's brilliant for this person next to me. I would love it if those people and that person did this some more. That's just not enough. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, right here in the Bible, you are told, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That isn't a, for some of you, this is for all of God's people. And then again, Paul says, I want you all to speak in tongues. We looked at that last week, but even more to prophesy. And then a little bit later on, he says it again, earnestly desire to prophesy. To prophesy. And elsewhere in 1 Thessalonians, he says, do not despise prophecies. And we'd be like, I wouldn't despise prophecy. I'm happy for someone else to do it. And in the context, Paul's saying, no, you need to be going after this for yourself as well. Now, we are a church. We've heard and seen this morning that God speaks to us. We believe that. We expect it. We encourage that. But I believe there is far more that God wants for us to experience of this individually and as a church community together. One of the things Marianne said uh, during worship, she said, there's an abundance. And I think that's just so true. And it's true about prophetic ministry as well. It's not just that we have this once here and there. Oh, that's interesting. That's nice. But there is an abundance for us. God just wants to release and overflow loads and loads and loads of prophetic words and prophecy amongst us. And, and if you're up for that, and I hope you are, I just want to encourage you. Why don't you join me praying right now that God would do that, that he would give us, Lord, we pray 
that you would give us a fresh faith right now, that you give some people faith they've never had before, that this is true and it's real. You would assuage their doubts and you would stir up their faith. Lord, for others of us who are familiar with this, let not familiarity lead to contempt or at least complacency, but a renewed, earnest desiring of this gift. Holy Spirit, you're here and you're willing. Make us willing too, that we might speak the words of God. Amen. Amen. There are, there are a variety of ways in which people prophesy, uh, but we can have a, a, a good, clear definition to work with that gives us a framework for how that might happen. Most people, when you say to them about prophecy, they think, oh, that means predicting the future. And it, it can be that, but that really is not the main point. Because what prophecy is really about is speaking on God's behalf to others. If you look through uh, the Bible, you will see that's what prophets do. Sometimes they say what's going to happen, but the reason they say what's going to happen is because God has told them and has told them to tell others. All Christians can hear God's voice for themselves. Uh, We we heard that. Uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. The gift of prophecy isn't just hearing God for yourself, it's hearing God for others. And sharing that with them. God can do this dramatically. He can give someone a vision. They just see something. And suddenly they no longer see the physical world. They see this thing. Or maybe a dream, a really clear uh, dream. Maybe he might even speak in an audible voice. That can happen. Or he may show us something in our mind's eye. He may say something to us in our mind's ear. He may just simply remind us about something in the Bible As we share it for others, there is a timeliness to that and an incision. There are all sorts of other ways in which God may want to get our attention and speak to us that he might speak through us. Those are some of the main ways. But prophecy is not, it's really important, it's not simply deciding to say some nice things to someone. It's not thinking, no, I really need to offer my opinion at this point. It's not even saying, well, this is the truth of God's word and it must be obeyed. Those are all legitimate ways in which you can speak to another Christian or even to people who aren't Christians. That They're all fine and they're good, but they aren't prophecy because there is a revelatory power in prophecy which comes from God instigating that moment and owning that moment and being at work through that moment. So all of those things are good. I do all those other things. I share my opinions. I say things that I know are truth. I say just things to encourage people because people need encouragement. I want to I wanna prophesy as well. And that is that God speaks in a moment to me that I might speak to others. And I want all of us to be experiencing this and to be, yeah, to be doing this. We shouldn't be surprised that God does this because He's a God who speaks. And we believe that as his people, we have his very breath in us. His spirit, his breath is in us. And for those of us who are seeking God and encountering more and more of his spirit, experiencing his power, experiencing his leading, it is just the natural, supernatural thing that we would therefore speak on his behalf. So when we began this series, I talked about this long longing in the Old Testament. Numbers eleven twenty nine. 29, Moses says, Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. 
And Moses was one of many prophets in the Old Testament, and there are lots of them when you read through the Old Testament, but there are centuries in the Old Testament, and there's millions of people, and they are actually the exceptions rather than the norm. There might have just been a few of them uh, in each generation. Sometimes there were none. That was only ever meant to be a temporary situation. And Moses, this prophet who knows the heart of God, says, oh, that all God's people would prophesy. Centuries later, God spoke through another prophet, Joel, that the day would come when I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And again, God's people live with a yearning for this, and more centuries pass. And then Jesus comes, who is the ultimate prophet. He is the ultimate revelation of who God is. He is the very word of God. And he said that the time had now come to release the Spirit on all God's people with the result that they would be able to prophesy. And that's what happens at the start of the book of Acts. And the Bible says this will only stop when Jesus returns. And so we are in that time. We're in a time which God has promised that all his people may prophesy. And so when I read all those scriptures at the start saying, you really want to be doing this, the, the, the thing that goes alongside that is God saying, now is the time. So you aren't pushing uphill. You aren't knocking on a door that doesn't want to be opened. You aren't trying to twist someone's arm who doesn't want to do it. You are inviting the God who loves to speak and who loves to use you to speak through you. So you are, this is wind behind our back stuff. This is God's strength at work in us. So let's look at something of what we can learn about prophecy from the same passage of the Bible that we looked at last week, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. Same as I did last week, I'm just going to bounce through some of the key moments, some of the key things that Paul says, because I want you to see it in God's word, and he's going to stir and generate faith in you as we, as we look at this. So at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. He goes on to say, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then he lists a load of those things, and he says, amongst those things, there is prophecy. Now, as I said last week, ignorance is not bliss. The Holy Spirit wants to give us these gifts. They are the evidences of his powerful presence. That's what manifest means. When the Spirit manifests, it means you know he's there. One of the ways in which he does this He's giving us words to share with other people that are from him. And we should be welcoming this. And we certainly shouldn't be thinking that we can get along without this. Same. um, It's not caveat, but it's context. In 1 Corinthians 13, 2, last week, Paul says, loads of tongues, but no love. That's no good. And he goes on to say, if I have prophetic powers... And understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So like speaking in tongues, like all the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy is nothing without love. We cannot speak on God's behalf if we are not like him. And God is love. So to... Our motives are always mixed. Of course they are. Let's be like, oh, this will impress people. Or, oh, this will, you know, those kind of things. They might be, you know, we need to put those down and say, I want to love people. I want to care for people. I want to help people. God, won't you speak to me for others? 
And so Paul's conclusion is, if God is offering us this gift, if it's important that we're loving, he wraps it up in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So don't, I just knew when I said that, you know, you need to be loving like God. Some of you will be like, right, well, I really need to focus on loving. And when I'm eventually as loving as God is, then I can move on to asking for prophecy. Okay, don't wait for that. We can do these two things at once. Paul, Paul is a multitasker here. He says you can pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And just again to say, Paul is not, he doesn't say, be open to receiving spiritual gifts. It's not what he says. Be okay with spiritual gifts being manifested in the meetings where you are. It's not enough. It's not enough to obey what Paul says here. He says, earnestly desire them. We have to ask, we have to seek, we have to knock. Why is he so keen? Well, let's see what he says God can do through prophecy. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who prophesies builds up the church. Okay, so who here feels like they could do with some upbuilding, some encouraging, some consoling? I imagine so, right? Unless you're like, actually, I'm great, thanks. I'm like so built up. I'm so encouraged. It's all going great. Paul says that the church always needs this. The church is always experiencing weakness. The church is always full of people who are sinners. The church is in a world that is antagonistic towards it. We need God to give us this gift to do these things. And God wants to do this. He loves us. It's not like, look at those guys. They need building up. They need encouraging. They need consoling. What is wrong with them? God doesn't see it like that. I love them. So like a tender father, a loving mother, I want to build them up. I want to encourage them. I want to console them. And so this this verse is often used as a, a really helpful summary of what we would expect prophecy most likely to produce when it is given. People are built up, they're stirred up, they're cheered up. Now, God is free to do whatever he wants to do with prophecy. And sometimes I feel like we say this, and basically it means that, that means God's never going to say anything hard. And that's not the truth, because that doesn't happen in the Bible, and it isn't necessarily what this, this means. But as you're thinking, is this God speaking to me, either for you to share to others or as people share it to you, this is a good, a good framework for you to be having. This is what prophecy is most likely to be. Prophecy isn't angry people shouting at other people in an angry mood. That's not what it's about. So how does prophecy build us up, stir us up, cheer us up? Well, one of the things it does is it reminds us who God is. It reminds us. And, you, know, you might have been a Christian for decades. You might really have known a lot of the Bible, and yet there's something in us that forgets, something in us that slips. And then a word of prophecy is brought, and we're like, yes, I knew that. I remember that. It cuts through the noise and the chaos with life-giving truth. The God who said, let there be light with creative power. When God says things, he doesn't just say it and then people go off and do it. It happens because he says it. That God is speaking to us. Often God will show us that perhaps he knows what's really going on and therefore that he really cares. Might be in a situation like, God, where are you? A little bit like Sandy was describing. He was saying, I just like... 
God, are you even interested in this? And then a prophetic word can say to someone, God really knows. He really cares. And I can tell you that because I can tell you that from the Bible and so you should believe it. But there's something about the prophetic that suddenly brings that alive to you. There might be, as as the word is shared, like a, a resonance in you, a sense of, wow, this is true. This is right. This is really God speaking. So God can do that. He can also speak to churches and individuals to give clarity on what he wants them to do. So we're to follow Jesus in everything. We're to give him our whole lives. But what does he want us to do right now? What does he want our focus to be today or in this next season? Prophecy can help us with that. Sometimes that's just going to be a subtle adjustment. God's like, this is going really well. I just want you to add this to it. And sometimes it's going to be like, this needs to stop. And this needs to begin. Because there are loads of great things to do. There are loads of things that God puts on our heart which are legit. But what is the thing that God actually is speaking to us prophetically, particularly as communities, uh, to do? For some people as well, it can be that's job change and things like that as well. There's an organization we work with called Jubilee Plus, and they work to help churches uh, bless the communities that they're in. And a few years ago, uh, they had several people give them prophetic words that the 2008 financial crash really wasn't going to be the worst thing that was going to happen in this generation, and that, in a way, it was only the start. And because I know the people who run it, they're like, well, what do we do with that? Like, how do we, do, we, how do we say to people when things were already really hard, I think it's going to get worse? And they're like, is it Brexit? Is it something? I don't really, they didn't really know. And, and, but they did some preparing. They did some pre- what would it be like if things were worse? How could churches meet needs if things got even more serious uh, than they are now? And obviously, two years ago, they were like, ah. Oh, Okay. God had spoken to them that they might act, focus their priorities. They were ready for a new difficult time. Because of its personal nature, prophecy can make us realize a truth about God, particularly God's love, that we wouldn't hear or understand in any other way. Like I said, these things are true. They're in God's word. And then suddenly God just makes it alive. So a number of years ago, I was at an event and there was someone who was going to be ministering there. And I just had this word for them that, that God wanted to, to kiss them on the lips. And I was like, well, that's a bit of a strange thing, but that definitely wasn't my thought. So maybe this is God. I'm going to go and, go and tell them. And so just before the meeting started, I just went up to them and said, I know this sounds a bit strange. I really felt that God wanted to tell you that he wanted to kiss you on the lips. And he was like, oh. That's what my dad does. His earthly dad, that's what his dad does. When he says hello to him or goodbye to him, that's what he does. That guy just knew the love of God in that moment to minister with confidence and an assurance of God's presence with him. Now, he could know that because the Bible says that about us. But there's something personal that prophetic brings, that brings greater insight and release. I know someone, a member of this church, who was at a meeting once and just noticed someone at the back just sitting there who they knew just seemed very sad, a bit kind of disconnected from everything. And and obviously you can at that moment, if you see someone, just go and put their arm around them. That's absolutely a legitimate thing to do. But what this person felt to do was to go out into the foyer and just pray. Say, God, what do you you want me to say? How can I help that person? God said that that the other person was having suicidal thoughts. So the person who'd been listening to God came out the foyer, just went and sat down and just gently said, how are you? 
got a non-committal answer. He said, I, 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 think, I think God's just told me, are you, are you thinking at all about suicide? The person's like, yeah, I am. And they were able to have a conversation. And that person went from thinking they were lonely in a room, no one cared, to knowing that God knew what was going on in their head and that he loved them and he wanted to bring them into life. Again, we know that this is true in God's word, that he loves people and that he cares for them. Prophecy is often a way in which God brings the reality of that into a person's experience. Paul goes on to say that not only is prophecy good for Christians, it's good for anyone who visits the church. If all prophesy, he says, and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he's convicted by all. He's called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so falling on his face, he'll worship God and declare that God is really among you. Because God knows everything about everyone, he can confront people with this truth by revealing things about them that no one else can know. Jesus did this. A woman said about him, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? That's what happens when God brings this kind of revelation. People say, wow, he is really real. I need to change my life. We believe that Jesus is still willing and able to speak in this way. So then Paul goes on to describe what he wants church meetings to be like. He says, let two or three prophets speak. Let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged, and the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. So Paul's saying, when you gather together, you aren't spectating, you are participating. That is to be your expectation. And as prophetic contributions begin to be shared, others will hear God too. And so that's what often happens, isn't it? We have this phrase, uh, which is our paraphrase of of that passage from Paul. We say, off the back of what so-and-so just said. It's our phrase for some reason. But what people are saying is, as I heard... That person saying that thing, God's spirit started speaking to me as well, and so I'm now going to bring this. And Paul says people can take their turns. This is one of the most British moments in the entire Bible. <laughs> now, as with all gifts of the spirit, there will be a variety of experiences. Paul says in Romans 12, 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith... So it's how much we believe that God is speaking in that moment through us will determine the extent to which we are able to use the gift. So some people will have this gift to a spectacular degree. They will speak extremely detailed things about someone or about God's will. Um, If you've never shared a prophetic word before, but you think God might speak, you might want to keep it a bit briefer and a bit more general. And, And that's fine. If you're used to hearing God speak, even though you're not necessarily any any the less nervous, you may be entrusted with more. And either way, there's a humility in this where we're saying, I think God may be saying this. And where we're saying, I want to grow in this. I've, I've not got all of it yet. Paul says in chapter 13, verse 9, we prophesy in part. That means that what we bring is not 100% perfect. It's not the Bible. It's not equivalent to the Bible. The Bible weighs, or is the standard by which we assess anything that is brought claiming to be prophecy. This frees you. If you've got something, you're like, I'm not sure it was all right. Like, it will not have been. The Bible assures us of that. 
It's equally, that can release you if people have said things to you as a prophetic word, and you're like, is that really all of that? And it may not be all true. It might be, but it may not be. And so Paul says that prophecies need to be weighed. They need to be judged how true or significant they are. So at our public meetings, as we've done today, uh, we have elders in the room uh, to help with that and to, to, to provide, I think, you know, kind of security and wisdom uh, for the church. And that means we need a good knowledge of the Bible so we can know if someone's saying, this is what God's saying, like, does this fit with what God has definitely said? God won't contradict himself. So that's why it's really important that we know those things. But we also ask God for the spiritual gift of discernment, which we'll also list to the Corinthians, that we would actually be led by the Spirit. Because obviously sometimes God will say something, we're like, that would not be my preference. And the Holy Spirit would be like, that's irrelevant. <laughs> and so that's why we need to be listening to him and being led by him. And so as we do this, we're doing two things at once. We are creating space and expectation for God to speak. But we're also not allowing a sense of a kind of a, a chaotic or a danger of being like anything that anyone says is definitely God speaking, you've got to do it. So we're creating a space in which that can be done really well. In small group settings, we would expect group leaders and other mature Christians in the group to, to take the lead on this. And, and, and it's also it's a safer a spa- it's a safer space to start trying it. And so I really want to encourage you to do that. Um, small groups will be talking about prophecy at some point, depending on how far along our small group note program uh, you are. It will be happening at some point. I want to encourage you to talk about it and then do it. And then as groups believe that God wants to speak to you again and again and again, because it's such a great place to grow. It's such a great place to be able to say, I think God's saying this. And for someone to be able to say, yeah, I think he is. Or for them to be able to say, I'm not sure. Because that's fine. We know each other in those groups. If you have, just to say again, if you have been given things, you're like, I'm not sure if this was true or not, and it's weighing on me and I'm worried about it, well, speak to someone. Speak to a group leader. Speak to an elder. Speak to a wise Christian. They may be able to help you with that. Now, sometimes when the Spirit says, like, I'm not sure if it's from God, it's because you don't want it to be. Sometimes it's because actually just someone is enthusiastic or got something else wrong or whatever, and... And they just need to release you from carrying that. I've known people who have carried prophetic words that weren't prophetic words. And it's been really unhelpful for them. And they just needed to listen to someone else say, no, that definitely is not what God's calling you to do. And that's why we need each other to do this and not just do this by ourselves. So let's believe God for this. Let's step out more and more. God will take us from safe spaces into places where it feels a lot more risky because he wants to use his strength through our weakness. So it's great to learn and to grow, but we also need to step out. God really, really wants us to use this gift, and he's got it for us, and he wants you to use it. So what we're going to do now is we're going to hear a little bit about what this looks like in the life of someone who's part of Kings. And so Hannah is going to come up. Why don't we welcome Hannah whilst I... Great, so... um... Hannah, do you want to just describe to us what happens for you when, when you feel God's speaking to you? Um, there's been lots of different things, but recently I often see words, actual physical words over people, which is hilarious because I'm seriously dyslexic, so I have to Google what, what it means. Um, <laughs> um, so I see that. I also recently have had quite a lot of prophetic dreams. I see pictures. Um, and those things often interrupt my thoughts 
Um, when I'm at home in my daily life, I often feel the presence of God. Sometimes I'm watching TV and a character starts speaking something and I just feel like God magnifies what those words are. It's, you know, so, or I might be packing the dishwasher deep in thought and God interrupts my thoughts and I feel the presence of God. Mm. So those are some of the ways that yeah. I feel God speak. Yes, yeah, so there's a real variety. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, feel like the dream things is because I'm... I've got kids now, and God's like, I'll just speak to her in dreams because she's like this all day. So <laughs> the way I'll get a word in is through dreams. So. <laughs> so that's amazing. So, but, you, there's that sense, but there's something in which you can sense, oh, but this is God speaking in that. Mm-hmm. So I guess that must be the bit that's like the same, even if mm-hmm. he's doing it in all these different ways. Okay. Well, how, therefore, do you know that it's God? That's a really good question. Um, there was a point in my life that I asked God, I, I want to know your voice, help me. Um, and amazingly, I have that scripture, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And I remember going, I want, I want to know your voice, God. Mm. And from then on, he just taught me. It's amazing. I'll, sh- I'll, I'll share some of the things that he's done. And it's been a journey. I mean, one of the things that he does to encourage me is I'll be in a meeting and I see a picture and then somebody else comes and brings a picture and I go, what was the point? What was the point in that? And then it's like, oh, I hear from God. You know, and he's just showing me that I can hear from him. Um, Other things he does, um, you know, I I have a friend who's really wrestling with whether God exists or not and I've been talking to him a lot and I remember just really struggling, like never being able to bring it up at the right point and really struggling. I remember going to God and saying, God, I I just really need help with knowing when to speak about you. Um, I feel like I get it wrong. And I remember God just gave me a picture, (laughs) he's hilarious, of a big trumpet. (laughs) And then whenever I saw the pictures of trumpet, I would ring this person up, invite him over. And when I was chatting away and I saw the picture of the trumpet, I would speak about God. And I would just wait till I saw that picture. And it was amazing, like, the complete breakthrough I had Mm. with this person. And we ended up actually, Sandy and I, praying for this person, seeing release from mental health issues. This person slept for the first time in months. And it was just God going, here's a picture of a trumpet. (laughs) Let me help you. And he was was almost teaching me and training me to hear his voice. Another thing recently is random facts um we have we had friends who were pregnant and they were waiting for this baby to arrive and I felt God say the baby's going to be born at 10 past 10 but no day no week just 10 past 10 and I thought oh well there's not much I can do with that but I'll wait and the baby was born at 10 13 so I see in part I was three minutes out (laughs) Um, but that so encouraged me oh I can hear from God. So I think ask, Mm. ask him. He's the greatest teacher and Mm. he'll teach you gently to recognize his voice. Mm. That would be my answer to that. That's really, really helpful. Thank you. Um, So you've described this a little bit, but what what kind of things are you thinking and and, and feeling when you share a word with someone or with the church as a whole? I feel like a total fruitcake <laughs> at the time. I definitely do. I, am, I get really, really nervous. Um, but one of the things that I cling to when I, I went and did a year in South Africa and there was a, um, 
an elder there who's very prophetic, and he taught me this thing where he said, you know, all you have to do is be faithful. Just be faithful with what God's given you. That's all God is asking you to do. Just be faithful. We've got these wonderful elders at the front, and they can use their discernment gift and go, not sure and that's okay all I'm being is faithful and bringing what I think God might have said that's all I've been asked and that really helped me so I feel like a fruitcake but I just cling to that just be faithful what you think God has brought um I also have a, a thing that I say I don't know whether you know the Taylor Swift song shake it off um so when you make a mistake Taylor Swift style shake it off because you will move on and pursue it again pursue the voice of God yeah that's really helpful um so you probably said a couple of these things already but are there any other things that have really helped you grow in this gift so I think that brilliant thing of being like I want God I want this and I want to grow in it is brilliant other things that have helped you to grow um I've had a bit of um God speaking into that recently so I thought I would share um it was from John 15 and it was the, the scripture that says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I've made known to you. And I felt God really speak to me this year about the fact that sometimes we still, even when we're saved and we're set free, we still look at God as a master and us as a servant. And sometimes we prophesy in that way. And I felt like God has more for us than that, and which is actually this deep friendship with God. Um, and I remember researching, looking into this a wee bit, and looking at Moses' relationship with God in Exodus 32. And um, if you read it, it's, it's fascinating the way he talks with God, the dialogue that he has, that deep friendship where he's talking. And God actually comes and tells him his plans, shares his plans with Moses and Moses is almost disgusting. It's almost, it's the most amazing relationship. And I deeply desire that, that friendship, that deep friendship where there's a dialogue with God, a continuous dialogue that's more than just God, tell me what to do, I'll do it, which is great. Obedience is great. But I want to be in that next bit, which is that deep friendship with God. And I think that really struck me. So growing in the prophetic gift, knowing his plans, um, knowing what he's thinking, that heartbeat of God, what are you thinking right now, God? What are your thoughts? I want to know you in that way. So Growing in the gift, I think it's growing in intimacy with God, having that deep friendship and getting rid of that master-servant kind of view of God and that father-son, father-daughter, having that view of God um, and growing in that. And also getting alongside prophetic people, growing, learning from their wisdom, uh, making mistakes and keeping going, I think. (laughs) That's great. So... um... Obviously, people here who are going to hear this for the first time or for the umpteenth time, and, and I'm kind of saying, let's, let's desire, let's earnestly desire mm. to prophesy, as Paul says. So what advice would you give to them? Ask. <laughs> Ask to learn to recognise his voice, because he then will teach you. He knows how to teach you. He knows you. He knows how you tick. He'll show you. Um, ask him. Um, Spend time with other prophetic people, as I've said. Grow deeper in intimacy and 
talked to him. I remember Phil Wilty, who's a very prophetic guy. He said, often we feel things, but we don't say it. So if you're packing the dishwasher and you feel the presence of God, say, oh, God, I'm so glad you're here. I just love you. Thank you so much for coming. And I thought that's so, it sounds so obvious, but start that friendship dialogue with God. Start expressing and saying things to him as you would a deep friend. And I feel like um, he will come and he will speak more and more as you step out in faith. So great. Thank you. Um, great. I, I really want us to, to step out now. I want us to believe God and what that won't happen and just working out what I'm going to ask you to do. That's <laughs> okay. Um, it isn't that everyone's then going to bring a word and share here, but I really want us to, uh, one of the ways in which we can express that, that eager desire to hear from God is to kind of step out and say, God, would you give me this gift? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to encourage you uh, to do that. And I'm really going to very practically do that by saying, I'd like to invite you to come kind of to the front or to the sides where we've got space. We want to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got ministry team who have been uh, primed. We've got small group leaders who have been primed. They, will, uh, they can both uh, ask to receive for themselves but also pray for other people as well. And this is a moment which I, we're just inviting as Hannah said, is to, to want this and to step into it. And so uh, I'm literally asking you, to, to, I'm going to say, let's, let's do that right now. If you feel like you've heard something today, you're like, I need more of that in my life. I want that. Maybe I want it for the first time. I want to invite you right now, even if you're upstairs, and I know you've got to go down the stairs. I know it's a long way, but there's just an encouragement from God to step into something right now. So if you want that gift, why don't you come forward now? I would, we would love to pray for you. We really want you to be meeting with God and hearing from God, and he wants to come and do that right now. And uh, for the rest of you, so you can just be speaking to God for yourself. You can just be asking him about this. And there's lots of space kind of at either side as well, I think. This is great that you guys are coming down. So good. And let's just be responding to God. Let's, you, one of the ways in which you can say that is a physical thing. You're putting your hands out. You're saying, God, I'd love you to give me this gift. Love you to give me this gift. Because he's got good things for you. He's got really good things for you. That's great. Thanks so much for coming down. There's still lots of space and lots of people who want to pray for you. Yeah, Father, I just pray right now that we would be a people that hear your voice and recognize it, speaking into our lives, Lord. I pray, Father, that ears would be opened. I pray, God, the great teacher, you would teach us as a shepherd and his sheep to hear your voice and to recognize it. Father, I pray for laughter. I pray for joy in this journey. I pray for revelation. I pray that you would speak in a real power in people's lives. Lord, I pray you increase the prophetic gift in this church, Lord Jesus. Oh God, come in power. Father, I pray that we would see visions, dreams, pictures, words, how you speak. Oh Lord, speak loud. (laughs) Speak clear. Oh Father, that we would know you, that we would know you that we would know your voice. So almighty God, come, Spirit of God, move amongst us. Oh, God of mercy, I pray for an anointing power 